Rule Galloway, uh, Spinners of Yarns with Ernesto Leal, yeah. from, uh, originally from Chile, then from Edinburgh on to London. Uh, he ran a, a label called Art Throb in the 90s and the noughties and uh, ran uh, the, the Red Gallery in Shoreditch until recently. Nine years. Nine years. How are you Nine doing, Ernesto? I'm really good, man. Thank you. Good. So you kind of like you, you were born in Chile. I was born in Chile, and to with a highly political uh, family. Uh, my granddad was in the nineteen twenties. Um, a founder member of the Chilean Communist Party, um, and then um, yeah, just grew up in a really really political family in Latin America, um, and then because of the, that politic, we um. The Allende have been elected in the 1970s, and then the, the United States didn't really like the, you know, the, the idea of that. And so they sponsored big multinational companies to get rid of them. So I could call myself um, a, sort of a, a product of the American foreign policy. And that's how we ended up in Scotland. So when did Pinochet come in? Then. He, 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 there was a coup d'etat in 1973, and then, then my, my, my family, my, um, my parents were involved in, in, in uh, sort of helping people uh, in, come out of, because when they, were, when they were being put into concentration camps, families were being dispersed, so they were helping families, and it was all kind of like uh, the church got involved. Um, that's how you know they they would they would help they would be channeling people out of Chile, so we ended up. Well, my dad ended up in a concentration camp, nineteen seventy five, seventy uh, early seventy six, and then we were told to leave the country, and we that was it. So. And we kind of find out much later that how what happened is so we we because I went back to Chile much much later, and um, my mum was trying to sort of sell furniture. She was trying to sort of gather money, it, but it was all being done very harsh harsh. So nobody knew that she was doing it. And then because um, my dad had already left, so the idea was that he was going to go over to Argentina to do the Andes, and then um, we were going to follow him. And there's a massive road, there's a really long road that runs from the south of Patagonia all the way to Buenos Aires and it kind of stops all the way. There's little stops on the way. So we, we were going to know that he was going to be in one of those stops at that point because there was no internet at that point, did you? So, you, so we ended up like, so we find out much later that when we went back to Chile that my mum had got it wrong, the, the wrong day to leave. So we'd left a day early. And we didn't, we didn't really know much about them. But, but what we found out again much later when we went back to Chile is that the the day that we were supposed to leave, the army had come to ransack the house and get my mum up, so she would have been killed. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. So we were that far away from them. So you made your way to Argentina first. Then. Made made our way to Argentina. And we had we have family in Neuquén, which is at the bottom in 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 southern Argentina, near the border. And um, <clears throat> we had family from my dad's side, but we didn't really know them. Um, 
So we kind of thought we can go to them, and they knew that we knew that they knew that we were coming at one point or another. Um, but I, I, like I said to you, that there, there was no communication because in Argentina at the same time there was all these death codes with secret police from different countries, like Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, I think um, Paraguay. They were all interconnected, so they would do like these sort of raids on, on places, on Chileans, so they, they would either send them back to Chile, but most of the time they just got killed on the spot. So we ended up in, in, in Neuquén for a little while. And then we made our way to Buenos Aires to um to um what it would be the um, uh, United Nations Hotel. So it was like a safe house. Yeah. And then from there, what you do, what, what you do is you then you um uh, you then start applying for different countries for access to come to different different parts. And so we applied, our family applied to Canada, Norway, France, and uh, United Kingdom. And um France would um we wanted to go there because my mom spoke French and um but they uh, they, they accepted the whole family apart from my mom <laughs> same with Canada they accepted the whole family apart from my mom she was too dangerous for them <laughs> okay um we got into Norway but we got a chance to come to Britain so because of the Scottish miners they sponsored our family so we ended up in cow and beef. Oof! <laughs> <laughs> like hard, hard, hard. It's it sort of working class, you know, yeah. mining town. I mean, you know, it was it was poor. Yeah. It was freezing. Um, I mean, I could tell you a few stories about that, but I mean, you know, them really, really beautiful people, though. You know, yeah. really like really welcoming. You know, they 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 um. As we as we arrived in Cowden Beast, there was a there was a bagpipe waiting for us, you know, like yeah, welcoming the committee from from the miners community, and um, you know they handed over a key to us, and we were like, "What's this?" You know, it's like it's your house, and we were like, "What do you mean?" Like because we've been living in boxes for you know bags yes. for nearly two years before that, nearly a year and a half. And they were like, no, this is your house. And we were like, what do you mean? No, no, this is, this is yours. And we were like, what? Do you know what I mean? And they, we walk in and there's a fire zone, coal fire. And um, just really nice. They cleaned the whole house. They've even got like, because he knew that we were, we spoke Spanish. A lot of the, a lot of the people that, um, miners have been to Spain. So they were, they came back with these little, Spanish dancers, remember those things? So they were all yeah, yeah. over the house, and you know that would make you feel at home, kind of thing. Um, they would bring coal to the house every day. You know, they would just keep putting it in the back because yeah. you knew, that, you know, they, they knew that. Uh, and then people would come round to the front window because they'd never seen Latin American people. Yeah, they would come to the front window and kind of look in, and you know, and they knock on the window and go like, "Hey, oh, yeah." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would um, it's just really accommodating people, you know. They, 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 and then there was a there was that one day we were like we kept on seeing these two really old guys, and we can where are these people? Like, eventually they come over and go. We we went to Spain to fight against Franco, and we were like really, and they started singing the international in front of us. The flag came out with the Spanish. They, they were there with their um, with their uh, <clears throat> with their 
people that the the flag that they had used in Spain, you know, like the I don't know what it was called, what's it called, the flag, like the, the battle, battle, was it the battle flag? Do you know what I mean? And they had their, they had their things, and it's just amazing people. Yeah. But so what year? What what year was this? So it was early seventy six, like late seventy six, late late seventy six, early seventy seven, early seventy seven. What what year were you then? What age were you? So I was I was about twelve. Yeah. So I was kind of sort of, you know, I kind of, I mean, I, I, I was a kind of basically I've been sort of looking after my brothers and sisters as well, like, do you mean mm. because two, two sisters, one brother. <coughs> That's right, Juan and Sonia Rosanna. Yeah, and um, you know, they were they, they were much younger. Juan was a bit more savvy. Rosanna was, you know, but they were, you know, I, it's strange when when I when I had my kids. Um, you know, when they got to a certain age, so, uh, my, my little daughter Aoife, she was like four years old, three years old, and all of a sudden you get these flashbacks. You're just like, like what? What the fuck? It's like flashbacks of Chile. Do you know what I mean? Because she was the same age as my sisters at that point. Yeah. See what I mean? And there were certain things that they would do, and all of a sudden I'd be like, fuck. They were three years old, and all this mental was. In Argentina, you know, like Argentina, I think Argentina was worse than Chile. Yeah, a lot worse. I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw things in Argentina that were even worse than I ever seen in Chile. You know what I mean? Um, but it was, it was quite, it was that early. It, the, the whole punk thing was happening at that point as well. Yeah, you see it, you could feel it. Do yeah. You know I wasn't I wasn't too enamored with the punk thing. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't that kind of I I, li I liked some of it, but I wasn't really, you know, yeah, really get it. I I thought it was a bit I just thought it was rock and roll really. Yeah. Cat yeah. Cat and Beef was a bit more remote, you know, and then culturally <coughs> than than let's say Edinburgh when you well, moved to Edinburgh. So so my mum and dad, they needed to they needed to learn English quickly right. I mean, to survive. Yeah, my mom wanted to go to college. She wanted to go to university. She wanted to. My dad didn't to get a job, but you know, it, 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 the, the the whole mining thing wasn't really kind of beginning to come down a bit. In, yeah. was, my dad was a welder, and the only way, the only work that he could get was in Edinburgh. So that's why we ended up in Edinburgh. So when did he move to Edinburgh? So we moved to Edinburgh around May nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, and um. The first thing your mom does, I mean, my mom does. She um, she would always any anywhere in the world that we were, we were in, anywhere anywhere in anywhere we were for more than a month, my mom would always try and get us into a school somewhere. Yeah, like she would just take it to a school and said, "I want my children to study." So I went to I went to school in Argentina as well in Buenos Aires. But um, so we so we um, we ended up in Broomhouse. Do you remember Broomhouse? I remember him very much, yeah. We had never seen poverty like that. Yeah. Not even in Chile. Yeah. We'd never seen poverty like that. Or yeah. like deep poverty. So that really shocked us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But my mum managed to get us into a school. Little did she know, though, that it was a Protestant school. Yeah. It was um, Foresters, I think it was. It, it, it was a non-denominational de school. 
Yeah, but there was next door, I think it was um, St. Augustine's, I think it was called. There was a Catholic yeah. school, so that yeah. kind of gave it, it kind of created a, a fight. There was always yeah. fight between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the school didn't know what to do with me. They didn't know what to do. Like they didn't, they didn't have a, they didn't have um, a, a program to teach kids like me English. So uh, in 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 a kind of way, they just put me in the remedial class. Yeah. And what that meant was in front of a TV, really. That was it all day. And then, of course, the bad boys at the back, you know, they were like, "Come with us." <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up um, going to football matches like on a Tuesday night. On a Wednesday yeah. night, I remember like on Wednesday night, I think it was, I don't know who it was. And then gradually I'm beginning to understand English and learn English. And I'm like, what are they saying? I, why are they singing, kill the fucking Pope? And I was just like, fuck. And then I saw the, the green on the other side and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you're going to change your football team at that point, aren't you? So, you, no. just, you know, that was it for me. I was, um, which has created quite a lot of, throughout my life has always created a lot of problems and all my mates have always for some strange reason they've always been Catholics yeah and they, they can't handle the fact that I'm a jambo <laughs> <laughs> they really can't Irvin Welsh he fucking he just he just can't handle that he just looks at me you're a fucking jambo how the fuck did that happen <laughs> Well, I, I moved up. I, I moved up there in '78, so I was 11, right? I went to three football matches. I went to uh, Ibrox to uh, to a game against Southampton in uh, the Tenants Caledonian Cup, and then uh, I went to uh, to see Hearts play Middlesbrough, which is my team, in a pre-season friendly, and then I went they've back. Got to... really con- they've, they've got a connection, though, haven't they? I, I, Middles- I, I, Maybe yeah. Connection. They're really weird because I I went to Middlesbrough one time. Yeah. With Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And and was there was another game a couple of years later as well. You know, so and there I was, was Middlesbrough side. Yeah. There, there was back then, and then I went to a game back at Tynecastle Hearts versus Rangers, October or September. The standard of football wasn't very good. It put me off of watching football for for. For the, the the next five years of living in Scotland, you know, I, I it was just grey, you know, f- you know, just not what compared to English football that it, it 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 did put me off, you know. So I never well, we, went. I went, but <coughs> that in the, in the, in the town that we come from, which is a navy town in Chile. Yeah. There's that. There's there's a team. Uh, there's a naval team. Yeah. And I remember I remember going to the to a game and I I I, I was. I, I've never really been into football anyway because yeah. of that experience in Chile. Because yeah. I just thought, uh, like, whenever they, whenever uh, this Naval, whenever this team um, uh, scored a goal, they would they would set off a cannon. Do you know what I mean? And I always find that really amusing. Like, really, like, they <laughs> got a cannon here. Some guy like would take a cannon to a football game everywhere and everywhere all over Chile. Just yeah. like, that's, I just find that really weird. Like. Like this carrying this cannon around with them, like you know, what I mean, it's an old school cannon as well, like big, the big thick wheels, like you know. <laughs> and I just never, I've never really the, the football was, with especially in Scotland, yeah, it, the the football set was secondary, really. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, 
strange kind of thing at that point. I didn't know this as well because I, I mean they were they were like quite racist as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um and it wasn't until like one day we were on a we were on a bus on the way back from Tancaso back to because by that time we moved to Western Hills. Yeah. Right. And um move on the on the way back and um this I'm sitting in the chair and then all of a sudden I just get a boot in my face. Somebody just kicks me in the face. And um I'm on the floor, but all my mates jump over. I can see them jumping over and they're like they're punching them and the bus had stopped. They'd open the window and threw them off the bus. <laughs> it's like, do you know what I mean? And then they come up to me and go, hey, because my nickname was Amigo at that point, right? <laughs> Amigo, I can't call you a packy. You're not a packy, are you? I'm like, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not, but what was that about? Like really weird, that kind of, yeah. the, their sense of racism wasn't, like it, I, I, for them, I wasn't a packy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But they were confused that somebody had come up to and, and done that because he knew that I was Chilean, and you know, there was Catholics and Protestants in Chile. <laughs> it was it really confused him. Yeah, it's, it's fair to say that kind of like Edinburgh in the centre is where the money is and uh, where, where the wealth is, and. Uh, it's but it's circulated if you go from Broomhouse, Westerhale, Sight Hill, the Ince, Gilmerton, Nidry, Bingham, Craig Miller, down to Pilton and uh, uh, Muirhouse. We've quite rough, deprived areas. Well, I mean, it, it, it's strange because we we, we 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 were looking at Sight Hill as being a middle class area, but it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So it was like Western Hills, like I me. Mean, Western Hills is like. That was on a different scale again. I mean, that 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 was it was full of uh, uh, people that moved up, been moved out of Glasgow in the seventies. Yeah, because they 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 opened the the, the Wester Hales Community Education Centre. Yeah, I, that's what I went to. I went to work for a while. Yeah, and that was really strange. Yeah, that was really that was a really strange school because you know it was a kind of kind of school where like you had these kind of sort of. Teachers, they would say to you like, "Oh, you don't have to call us by the Mister So and So." You know, just call me yeah. by my first name, and then you'd be like, "What are you talking about?" You know, just call me James. I'm like, I don't want to call you James. <laughs> See, that's it's kind of because that's what my we we moved to Livingston because my dad set up a community school, right? So I was used to calling teachers James or Peter or Sarah right, or whatever okay. because. Because I was brought up from an early age, really, to know the teachers that my, my dad taught with, you know. So, but there was times when I'd say when I eventually went to school, I went to the same school as my dad. I'd get a a, a teacher like Mr. Rafferty that I'd called Bernard once, and he let rip at me <laughs> and put me in my place, you know. Gave me detention, you know, yeah. and it was just like, yeah, it's, but that's your name, and it, you know, he's fucking yeah. And that that's that that's that in reality you know we're all equal you know and if you want to you want respect you kind of like you have to earn it and by earning it you've got to speak to me in a in a, in a civil manner you know and but and name names are are important really you know? important i mean it's like i said to you, i don't know if I'm, uh, one day i walk in the house and there's two police officers sitting in the classroom and there's a guy in the middle of it and we were like this because it was a community school 
you know, it was like, you know, allowing for everybody. And you know, you'd see, like, you'd see, you, you had, like, somebody's mum and dad's in there trying to get their own, trying to get back into education. And that was quite nice. But one day, like, there's there's Jamie Boyle sitting at the back. Yeah. And that really, it really affected, because a lot of people just went, no, we're not going to be cast. Because there was two policemen right beside them on each side yeah. with, like, cuffs in the classroom. And you're like, that's not right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, they didn't really. It, 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 you know, you, you, I mean, I don't know if anybody else have been to a school where, like, you know, police officers in full regalia. We 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 had the police come into <coughs> one of the schools in in Livingston, but maybe both schools. But it was more. It's more to kind of like show that that these people are and have the power. And if you mess about, this is what could happen to you. Do you remember when they were building? Yeah, do you remember when they were building that um, that motorway across Western yeah. Hills? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. We were having to go to school. I mean, instead of going to school, we'd we'd gone steal them. Me and my mates, we'd gone steal the the, you know, the the the, the, the big machines. You know, like yeah, yeah. one day the police tried was chasing us. You know, across the you know the building site. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> my mates were throwing like bricks at them and all that, and eventually they catch us. You know, and then. Eventually, it's right. We're gonna, you're gonna do you. We're gonna do you for those days and all that. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So you know, on the way back, they're kicking and punching us and everything, all that kind of stuff. You know, getting in the car, we get back to the school, and as we come out, come out of the car, the whole school's waiting. And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I said to the I said to the police, I said, I hope you're not leaving that car there. He's gone. Get inside, you be shy. Go on, I've got time for you. And then we go inside and. We get told off by the headmaster and all that sort of stuff. This is really bad for you. And as we come out, the car was on bricks, burning. <laughs> and he's, the police was, was that you, we shite? And I goes, I was with you, what are you talking about? He's gone, fucking get, up, get the fuck. Like, <laughs> it was so comical. Like, And after that, I used to see the policeman much later when I started doing clubs. I would see the the policeman. It was like you, you bastard! You burned that car because I wasn't. It was it. I was with you. I was in the office getting told off, and uh, he just remembered that for years. Like, he would see me. He would come down outside the club and come back to sometimes and go, yeah. "No, you be shy." <laughs> but it, it's Edinburgh was quite exciting, and it, it you know in in seventy eight to eighty three, whilst I was still at school. Kind of like, I, I love coming through to Edinburgh on a Saturday because the whole record shop scene yeah. was vibrant. Edinburgh had great record shops, you know, yeah. and there was always, I knew a few people from Edinburgh because some of the Livingston lot knew people and uh, some of them moved through to certain areas. So you'd go through, you'd meet some friends and uh, it was all quite tribal. But, you know, meeting meeting friends outside, listening on uh, Frederick Street or going was up to the other was, it, was, there a, was there a picture of you outside or something? Was it? This one. It was somebody. I saw a picture somewhere, like I was um, people standing outside Bruce's. Uh, Bruce's? No, I, 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 probably not me. I mean, <laughs> I, I went into Bruce's, but in in seventy eight and that that whole area, seventy eight, seventy nine, that whole area was great because you had Bruce's on uh, Rose Street, and then you had Virgin on Frederick Street, and then on the other side but you had. Sure, used to saw the Vivian Westwood stuff. Remember? Yeah. Right, right across from Bruce's. Yeah. And then, because obviously, you know, Big John worked in Listen. Yeah. So when you're, you know, a young teenage punk, you'd want to go in there so you could have a look uh, uh, well, to, to see if I saw Big the John was working. I saw the exploited in, in Western Hills. 
education. Yeah. Wote used to live next next door to me practically, and my mom used yeah. to babysit for for Wote. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I got in touch with Wote a couple of weeks ago actually. Um, yeah. Because I wanted to find out about his cousin because he his cousin was in my my class and was the hills slimy. Okay. <laughs> Remember slimy. And um, he said no. He 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 just went there. He just said no. He God bless his soul. He went the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, you know, to have somebody like slimy in my class and 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 what you know, they kind of they were they were almost portals. Yeah. To another, you know, uh, yeah. to another another side of the world that didn't have to be that yeah. housing state. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you did about my. My second gig that I ever went to see, which was at the Playhouse, was uh, the Ramones with the Spectres with Glenn Matlock supporting. But the the Exploited were the first band on on the bill, so you know they were up on stage. And the Playhouse is not the right venue to see a punk band, you know. But it was quite exciting because you had our Livingston lot, so you had Bongo Bear and Figs on stage with his dog. And he exploited performing, so it was just like you know, it, it was a, it was a great experience to to witness, and they were quite exciting back then, you know, kind of like uh, and to see a band from Edinburgh make it at that point, and also it'd probably be the uh, the torchbearers for, for for punk from eighty one onwards, you know, it was it was an exciting time as a as a as a, <coughs> as a teenage boy. Well, the kind of the, 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 it's almost like there's a whole. What I've noticed in Scotland, there's that whole thing with postcard and all that. Um, yeah, you know, which is which is which undeniably it, it is quite historical. But there's also another side to to Scottish music. Things like you know, like exploit, exploited, and even before that, there was that kind of that whole kind of sort of rock thing that been going on. And yeah. it's, I'm only just sort of finding out, like you know. Um, that what's his what's his name that comedian and um, he was he was part of you know so it's quite, it's quite strange that there's that there's uh, there's all these other layers that has, have been going on do you know what I mean yeah like the, like I said going back to the record shop thing the first time I met Dave Carson he used, he was working behind Bruce's and I yeah. I, was, I just went in and said oh what what you got in he, and he goes oh I said, this has just come in like and it was um I think it was the Ruts first single yeah. And um, he got to listen to this, and he played that, and then, and I thought I was really excited, you know. That I, thought, I can't wait to get home to play it, like because you would play it for four or five days in a row, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Back, to back like that, and um, but on the way there, I I I got a kick in from these fucking teddy boys because they thought I was a poof because I had a Bruce's bag on me, <laughs> <laughs> and. And every time I see Dave Carson, says, you go, you got me a kick in that time, you like, you know. But it was nice. That was kind of, um, and that was the first time I met Dave, Dave Carson. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and, when he was because was he singing with Boots for Dancing at that point? Yeah, I think that he was in another band before that. I can't, I can never remember that. But it, it was, it, it was, I can't remember what the band did. Flowers or something like that. But it, that that was the band that he was playing at the time. Yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot. Yeah, the, the, the boots for dancing. Yeah, there was a lot of bands around Edinburgh at that point. You know, there was a lot of gigs happening. There was a lot of creativity. You know, well, there was the the, the rehearsal spaces. There was a full of rehearsal spaces down Nidry Street. Yeah, uh, that was that. I think that's what kind of. So I would say, uh, so the, uh, in a weird kind of way, you can look at these sort of places like, um, you know, community centres. Yeah, do you know what I mean? 
yeah. people to develop their their skills, as it were, you know, and and, um, yeah. and um, so they were cheap cheap spaces. I mean, they were horrible. They were stinking, you know, like. Um, but it, it allowed for these people to sort of, you know, yeah, develop their ideas and so on. I was I was I was talking to somebody else about that. But it, 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 that whole scene kind of, you know, we 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 didn't look at London as a kind of beacon. Yeah, it, 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 the, my, 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 the people I knew, we were always looking at New, we were looking at New York, or even yeah. Detroit. At that point, you know, we were looking at. I was, I mean, uh, I was more interested. I'm more interested in the kind of sort of poetry side of them, more the art side of New York. So you know, I, I, I was like that connection, that kind of cross of between art, music, and all that, you know. And, and um, in Scotland. There is a, there is a history of that already. There is a tra- tra- tradition of that with um, the Kellys. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So they, you know where the music happens and then music stops, and then somebody does a poem. Yeah. You know, and then the music comes back again. So there was always that tradition anyway. So it was it it it, it you could understand it a bit more from the New York side. You know, the, with the beat generation and so on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so there was there was always more that in Edinburgh there was much more connection with that or even Manchester I remember there was yeah. there was there was loads of connection between Edinburgh and Manchester at that point. That's so what? what sorry, what what year did you leave school then? So from so what happened? My mum and dad we were in Cowden Beath. I mean in 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 Western Hills, and the teacher said to my mum, "says you need to get your children out of here." So by that point, my dad was working in the oil rigs. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, it was like, you know, they were making thousands and thousands. They were able to buy a house in, in Marchmont. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we moved to Marchmont, and then I went to James Gillespie's for about a year and a half, two years. That yeah. didn't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I, I, I came out with some, some, some like, levels, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't into that whole education thing at that point. Really, just it's just my, my my thing was um God. It's just I met loads of people from in Wester Hills. I'd already met people. I might remember the YMCA. Yeah, remember the YMCA. There was a YMCA, so they, I used to go there because they used to do like uh, they used to uh, the bands used to play. I think exploited played there. The yeah, exploited played there. Yeah. Yeah, and and so it, it but but what it did though, it made me meet. I, I was it allowed me to meet people from other parts of Edinburgh that yeah. were more interested in music. Do you know what I mean? Or French films or something. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it it kind of like really. I mean, they they would show you films like. They, they were they would show you films that they, they would try and put you off taking drugs so they would show you like uh, uh, like these sort of uh, Christiana if you know that they would show it to you in the in the, in the in the in the YM the YMCA yeah and you'd be like why are they showing these films and they were brilliant we were like wow I want to go I want to go there and I want to take some of that and like but the, the the people that were running that they were trying to show you that that's if you do that, that's where you end up. Like, I mean, we're like, that music's brilliant. What are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Serpico, the other one was Serpico, like the one about. So, the, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
it, it made me, it allowed me to meet other people. Yeah. So all of a sudden I was like hanging out with people from art college. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah, that yeah. really changed the, I didn't have to be part of the schemes or the schemies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, you know, all my mates are all schemies. But, yeah. you know, we, I, I met other people like me who didn't want to be labelled with a schemie because Edinburgh's really, it's like that. It's, it's got that, you know, the posh side and the schemies. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I, my accent, it was like, it was really hard at that point. It was a really hard Edinburgh accent. Yeah. Uh, it was like a big B, like, no, not even people from the, you know, but it was one of those that like, you talk like that, eh? You talk, if you want to say, just want Mumble. You, you don't want anybody to fucking hear you, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so which clubs did he start going to then? Kind of like, when did, when did the Hoochie Coochie start? 84? But, <coughs> but the, the, my first kind of sort of thing with it was, um, I used to go to, um, uh, from Mr. Hills, actually, we used to go to uh, Sockton. You remember Sockton Prison? They all they all yeah. they, they had a little pr- uh, members club at the back for them. For all the yeah, 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 yeah. And I used to go there, uh, and and that's the first time I heard dancing in the streets loud. And I just thought, what the fuck is that? I was just like, that was it for me. When I heard that record in a big speaker, do you know what I mean? It, the whole thing just changed for me. I, that was kind of like, what happened there? Do you mean that? It, all of a sudden, I was I, I would go to second hand shops to buy all the all the forty fives because at that at that time, for some weird reason, every second hand shop was full of Tamra Motown records, yeah. and um, it I would just buy everything and play the B sides, and that just kind of like, what is going on here? That Tamla Tamla sound just like, you know, transported me to Detroit. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't in Edinburgh anymore. Do you know what I mean? It it, it just it, it it I didn't have to be in Edinburgh. I didn't have to be in that environment when I was listening to that music. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And um, and that's kind of the first times. And you know, I started meeting girls that lived in barrack houses, and that were like you know, they were middle class people, <laughs> the nice houses, nice towels. Yeah. And and they lived on the on the other side, the Western Hills, and it's that was so. This first time, really, that kind of made I started li- listening to music. That because I wasn't too that much into punk. I wasn't. It didn't. It, punk didn't really do much for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the soul sound did. And 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 it wasn't that sort of thing about the um. The it. Then I started meeting all the mods. Do you know what I mean? So then I started. Yeah, yeah. To, then I started going to Maud all nighters. Yeah. You know, down the south side. What was that hotel? The, the Minta. What was the hotel? That hotel. Then there was a, the one. There was another one just by the airport. Now you would you go there yeah. on like on a Saturday afternoon or something. On the May, maybe roundabout. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's kind of really that was my first thought of um. um volleys into music into clubs clubbing as it were yeah um but i kind of sort of more as a learning learning i was learning about music learning about these sort of sounds and the 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 teachers of the teachers were the were the djs the djs were teaching me this music do you know what i mean so i was kind of sort of that was i was begin, I, that was how i was kind of i was educating myself with music yeah do you know what i mean um and then 
what happened was the my mum and dad, because of their political background, we used to do this. Um, <clears throat> we used to do this called thing called peñas, which is another word for um, Kelly. It's like a Chilean version of a Kelly. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Their, their history is like when back in, in Chile, Pablo Neruda would do a a a, 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 a poem, you know, Violeta Parra. It was a kind of singer from, from Chile, a folk singer. So it was like a folk music thing. They would do the songs and so on, you know. They, and so that was that was kind of so. They, in, 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 with, with Scottish people, they could understand that 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 connection, music and poetry or, or book reading. Do you know what I mean? So we used to do this thing called peñas, where to raise money, so we can send it back to Chile to help with the kind of political causes over there. And um, you know they would be uh, every Saturday night or something, you know, like you know. And at first there was a guy with a with a guitar, you know, um, doing these really sad Chilean songs, and then there would be a, a, a Scottish guy would doing another Scottish really sad song, and and it was quite boring really after a while, you know. Some guy with a panpipe, and then we started playing records. Yeah. And we had sometimes we we tough parties in the house. In, in, where we would play these Latin American records that uh, we had, I don't, I don't know why, how, how we ended up with these like nineteen seventies Latin records, and uh, you know, for us, nineteen seventies Latin, Latin nineteen sixties Latin, um, Latin, Latin music was really dated, but to the gringos, they were like, "What is that? Wow!" And they would start dancing, and we were like, "What? What?" Why they're loving it? They're really loving this music. And then we had this um and then one day like somebody phoned up from, from Leeds and said, Avocados have arrived in, 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 in there was an Asian shop down in um, in Leeds that all of a sudden coriander and avocados, they were bringing coriander and avocados and all the chilies flocked and rushed <laughs> to get the avocados. And so we started making avocado food in the house and we started realizing that the the we didn't know that English Scottish people had never had an avocado. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Teaching people this other thing, like it's quite, it's quite. We had a party. I mean, that we had a party for three days in our in in our house when avocados arrived in Scotland. <laughs> I think it was nineteen eighty two or something really weird like that. You know, what I mean? like yeah, avocados are here. <laughs> Three day party, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it, it kind of that was kind of sort of the first times I kind of went that there was that there was um that that uh, Scottish people could dance to the music that we knew, Latin music. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and and, and, and Brazilian music, I think it was just kind of sort of beginning to sort of come in, come into. We we had all the Brazilian stuff. Um. We had some really weird Latin American music, like, but because because you have like you know real working class Latin American music, which is nothing like salsa from from New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. It's slightly faster. It's got a slightly faster and it's like it's slightly tingy sound as well. So it's kind of so, um, yeah. We, and they were dancing to that. So that was kind of the first times that me and my brother were kind of going, hmm, we could do a club with this. <laughs> we could turn it into money. Yeah. So you started at El Campbellachi in what year? Eighty-five. 
Fuck. It would have been 85, yeah. 84, yeah. 85. Yeah. And what was the concept behind there? Because you, you had your mum and dad and your sisters involved, didn't you? No, I mean, there was there was another friend of ours who who um we'd met through clubs in Edinburgh and Hoochie Hoochie, Hoochie Coochie and so on. And he used to play, he used to play like um he was like a rockabilly, right? And um, so he he had an he had an amazing rockabilly collection. Uh, so we didn't see any difference between rockabilly and Latin American music. We just saw dance music. Yeah, we just saw the whole thing as dance music. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 other other people tried to sort of separate, but you know we so he. The first Cambalache that we had was it was like a jazz club, you know, where it was in a tiny, tiny little room basement just on Nature Street next, uh, where the I think where the uh, City Cafe is now, two doors yeah. down from there. It was a little basement thing, wine bar, and uh, where, where where I, I didn't want anybody to dance. I just wanted to listen to uh, jazz music and Latin music. I just wanted to, people to listen to it. Yeah, but people started dancing. And we were like, "Fuck, we can't stop them." Do you know what I mean? Like, the dance—they want to—they want to dance. Yeah. Um, and there was still that. It was still that period when, when like, a lot of people used to dress up to go out, like really dress up. So it was really flamboyant, you know. And all the—I think all the second hand shops. And there was that whole vintage sort of look at that point. So it was—it kind of really fitted quite well with kind of the whole Latin thing, you know, that uh, drinking wine and all that kind of stuff, and then. So we we kind of we kind of realized quite quickly at that point that we needed to go somewhere else, and then there was a, a friend of mine, Mike McGinn, um, who comes from a kind of old old family in Edinburgh, because when you when you do a club in Edinburgh, you you at that point I don't know if you remember, yeah you, you had like you had like you know the hoochie coochies and all that sort of stuff, but there was that whole fighting culture in Edinburgh, like, yeah. You, if you went anywhere in, in Edinburgh, you 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 were you know it was going to it was going to end up in a fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was like there was that whole pick up women kind of thing, and it was a fighting the lads fighting. Do you know what I mean? <coughs> Where so we we needed to uh, my friend Mike again. I said, look, we're going to need you to sort of be work work with us on this because we want we want to turn it into a club, but we're going to need proper proper security, like proper you know, old school security. So he came in with us to do it. And, you know, his family, you know, would, would always come down to the door. So, you know, we, we didn't let, we didn't let uh, groups of men in. Uh, you know, it was, um, when people, when people came into the club, they knew they were going to be safe. Yeah. Environment. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to be, it was about the music, you know, and it was about, you know, uh, uh, kind of listening because you remember like we could we could only finish we had to finish by one o'clock or twelve o'clock or something remember yeah yeah you know what I mean so it was, you had four hours of like you know educating people you know yeah. and, and make them make them dance and you know and then people started coming from Glasgow like DJ Slam Boys and all that Harry they all started coming over like going what the fuck's going on here and I didn't I hadn't realized we didn't realize until much, 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 much later, like the effect it had on people, that club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We didn't. We because we weren't. We weren't. That wasn't the purpose of it. 
to, yeah. make, to it, the, the purpose was to make money because was there was you know there was no jobs in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was like to make money, make people dance, and that was it. Have a good laugh. But when they were Glaswegians started coming over, yeah, that's when they kind of realised like, hang on a minute, like, what's going on? Yeah. But there was there was a connection between Edinburgh and Glasgow because Sam and uh, Sam and Alan started the sub club off. Yeah. You yeah. know, and through in Glasgow whilst well, they were doing... We'd always go over there. We used to go over there all the time to, for this and that and, you know. And it was nice to... Because, again, it, it, it kind of sort of... It went above any above... It, any, it kind of went above that whole football shite, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it kept you away from it, you know. It kept that, that whole concept of the identity of that you know it wasn't about that yeah. it was like it was what kind of music do you like and what you know the, yeah. what you're wearing and do you know what I mean yeah it, that that superseded any of that nonsense of you know Scottish Presbyterian I don't know it's just it's, I just hated all that sort of stuff which is why I've never really been into the football much do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it allowed it allowed to sort of speak to people that you would never have spoken to before yeah, you didn't have to talk about that music. That um, yeah, you know, what football do you want? Like, what what football team you like? Do but you Edinburgh, mean? Edinburgh, like we, like I said earlier, kind of like you know, it has a strange mix of of classes and 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 money, you know, and uh, the uh, the 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 city centre at times became quite a a tribal area, particularly at weekends. Yeah, you know. It yeah. was a, a, a melting pot. Well, it, 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 it kind of <clears throat> the weird thing about the kind of acid house thing up there as well, and uh, this is why this and that's what I kind of kind of looking back at that uh, about Edinburgh, and so sort of thinking why did it not have the same thing as what I, I had, uh, Glasgow had? Yeah, and it's because it's because you had the. I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 some some people try and glorify the kind of casual thing, and do you know what I mean? And they really kind of they really stopped a, a lot of clubs happening up in Edinburgh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they really they really you know a lot of the creativity was you know was cancelled as it were by yeah. them trying to take over doors and crap like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. In Glasgow, you people could get away with it more, so they, they it allowed for that space to 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 create things like this. You know, the sub club and things like that. Whereas yeah. in Edinburgh. It, 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 any any whiff of money, the, the the casuals were in there trying to trying to sort of muscle in, and they then they did, and that yeah. was stupid. You know so I mean? when did you when did you move to London then? So I moved in 80, 88. Yeah, early eighty eight. When acid house was really when taking was off, really, off, you know, if, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if late eighty seven, let's say, but eighty eight for yeah. sure was uh, the, the the more realistic year. Right, so it was about 80, 80 uh, early 80, I moved in to, to London. Uh, there was a, going back to the Edinburgh thing, is I, I was just going to say, like, they were, they had, I had a friend who was, um, his, his, his dad, I don't know, kind of said that his family separated early on, but he was half French, do you know what I mean? And so his name is Gerard, you know, so he, so me and him would like, you know, would go to like, you know, to impress girls. We just try and talk in French or something, you know, like, 
And the girls go, oh, you find you? So we, we'd invite them to, you know, watch uh, Breathless, you know, the film Breathless, the, the, yeah. you know, uh, to the French Institute, because you, you had the French Institute in Edinburgh. So you go to a cinema that didn't have any subtitles. <laughs> the girls would be like, really impressed. <laughs> we couldn't speak a word in French. <laughs> but you could though, because yeah, you know, yeah. they had the, the, the posh girls we'd meet at the, we, the art college was a really good um, scene. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good scene. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember the Tap of Lauriston. I do, yeah. So the Tap of Lauriston, all that, that was a whole kind of sort of scene, you know, like of um people meeting, you know, all these people from art college. It's kind of made me think about the whole kind of how sometimes you get um you know like when they when they talk about certain, certain bands you know and they were like an art college band as if it's a they, they're being dismissed like being dismissive towards them being from art from art college yeah but i think what we're talking about earlier on about how like you know education in this country you know most People fought for that, for that yeah. right to be yeah. educated. People fought for that right to go to that college. Yeah. Bands like Rock to Music, all working class people, you know what I mean? They, they're kind of being dismissed as like, oh, they were art college bands. And you're like, so fucking what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, just, I just find that whole thing, like, uh, you know, uh, starting from that, that uh, uh, Rock to Music thing, you know, as if, like, to be from art college is, is a bad thing. No, no, people, people, you know, generations before that fought for the right to go to art college. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's been taken away from people. That education has been taken away from people. That, um, you know, they, it's like when it came to London, you know, it was cheap still. You could you could you could go to a squat if you want to. You know what I mean? There was a cheap flat somewhere, a cheap room. You know, you could get a job. You know, and that's it's really sad for kids in London now. They they, they don't have that anymore here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we were in London now. Eighty eight, early eighty eight. Yeah. You moved. Uh, where did you where did you where did you move to? Where did you, where did you live first? I moved to uh, Chiswick. Yeah. <coughs> um, and I, I there was a connection it, it, through Cambalachi. I I've done this. Um, so before I left Edinburgh, I've done this thing in Edinburgh, where the we did um, Craps Last Tape. It was in the Cafe Royal. So we we uh, we turned the the Cambalachi into a into a multifunctional venue. Yeah. So it would be a theatre piece in the afternoon, uh, and then it would turn into uh, a club, Cambalachi. Yeah. Uh, we did that for a whole three weeks, I think it was for the duration of Edinburgh Festival. So I I met some people from from that, the, these guys had been had worked in the in the, in Edinburgh. Uh, what was it called? Uh, like, that theatre place, and they had said to me, when you, whenever you come to London, come to Riverside Studios, and Riverside Studios, um, uh, they were all uh, directing uh, theatre plays in there. Yeah. So my first thing I went to 
I went and I got a job in the kitchen in the in making food in the in the, in the Riverside Studios. Um and that kind of really and that and I met I don't know if you remember, do you know remember Sean Rowley? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he London Records was around the corner. Yeah. And um you know they would listen to the music I was playing at the back and they were like, oh, that's really good. And I go, you need, you need to come to this place. Do you know what I mean? And, and it'd be like some massive acid house party. And blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like that, that kind of whole... I met Sean Rowley then at that point. Um, then I moved to to Brixton. But then I was in Brixton for a couple of... And I got, I got myself a flat in Old Street. Yeah. And so you're talking... I mean, I, I went to, I went to, uh, I lived in Brixton and Clapham, and I don't remember. Do you remember um, the specials? Uh, was it Jerry Dammers? Had a, yeah. a record, he had a recording studio down there. Yeah. And um, I, again, I needed a job, and I went into a into a shop and a sandwich shop, and uh, and I said, oh, "Have you got any jobs going?" He goes, "He goes, what kind of music do you like?" He says, oh, I like this. He goes, right, you got a job. <laughs> You're making sandwiches. And gradually, we kind of realising it wasn't just a sandwich shop. It was something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, you know, and uh, it, 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 it have all this acid house music blaring out of the of speakers while we're making sandwiches, you know what I mean? But then we were, he was delivering other things and... I was just fucking hell. That? <laughs> That's how I ended up going to Shum with right. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dropping. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? It took me years as well because I years and years because I because you you know you're in the middle of it and you you're doing this and that. That Shum was the same place as the fitness center. Yeah, I thought the fitness center was a completely different place. <laughs> For years, but then I was like, "Oh, it's the same place." So I ended up. That's how I ended up meeting loads of people at that point as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you moved. To, if you moved to to uh, Old Street, late eighties, that was quite a rundown area. It was that. Uh, it was like yeah. being in Shenfield. Yeah. It like, like, seriously. It was like. It was. It was like you could have been. It, it would have been. It was like. It was like Livingston. It was like that derelict. Yeah, it was. Like, I, I I first went in '83, and it, it, it was some rehearsal studios, and it was just a, a, a derelict site. You know, it, mm. it, it, there wasn't anything say. going on around there. Yeah, I think I think it's called St Matthew's Church. It you know it was it was, it was still a, a derelict church. I mean, it was still yeah. a bombed site. You know. When I moved, when I first moved there, it was still, um, uh, you know, it's the, the roof had sort of come through and yeah. you know, so, um, <clears throat> um, you know, there was still the, the 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 bomb sites in that in that area. I mean, I think there was um where where that hotel where across the road from Red Gallery, I think they built a hotel, um, there and that and it was like um it was like a sort of brick a brack guy. You know, they used to walk, walk about with a with a horse and cart back then, picking up rubbish from the streets and he would take it back to this place. You know, and it was it was there for, for centuries, you know, and it was it was a bomb that he was working from this place 
as a bomb yeah. bomb that site for 25 years. It still had that thing. I mean, the first time I went to the, the base cliff, you know, yeah. so you'd go up Pitfield Street and then there was no there was no lights in the streets. There was no lights. But there was this one door at the end of Pit, uh, 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 Coronet Street on the corner that had this light coming out of it. You know, the first time I went there, and I remember going there on a Monday night, Norman Jays, and I didn't, you know, it's just, you've got to go there, you've got to go there. And I remember going there, and as I went in, in there, there was a bike outside that wasn't locked. I'm like, what's a bike there? I'll get that on my way out. And then we go down, I go downstairs, and at the bar, there was a, a policeman's hat. on the bar with the policeman next to it and it was his bike <laughs> i got to meet him years after that i've talked to him for years of it was that it was that kind of place i mean but you went in there into the into the base cliff and you on a monday on january you know third week in january you know it's the only thing that's around and it was full of people and you knew when you went in into that spot at that point you were in the future rather than, do you know what I mean? And yeah, you, yeah. You were in the future. You, you, and all the people I met from that point onwards, I met Farouk from Joy Sound System at that point, remember? Yeah. Because they used to do the Thursday night, Joy, and uh, all these people I met from that, at that point, I still know them. Still, I yeah. still, you know, I still, um, John from Spiritualize. Yeah, yeah, lovely Boy's John. Guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got the record shop up um, in, in Hackney. Hackney. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like John. He used to come to Kambalachi. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he's from Dundee, is he not? Yeah, he used to come yeah. to Kambalachi. It's fucking yeah. mental. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a lovely fella. John Coxon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I thought, you know, all these people at that point, you know, and that kind of really, it, it, it kind of got me away from Soho because I was hanging out in Soho at that point as well. Yeah. I didn't really like Soho. I found that a little bit too... It kind of reminded me a lot of like Edinburgh, where yeah. you had like these sort of like you know enforcers on the doors, yeah. Yeah, shit yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I, I, I wanted to get away. I've always wanted to give. When I see it, when I see that kind of nonsense, I just go, yeah. like, I say, I'm off. I can't be bothered. I don't yeah. want to part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, which is one of the reasons I left Edinburgh because of that. But um, yeah. Uh, but to, you know, it got me away from so and all of a sudden you had this. You had this, I mean, because there was nothing there, it was yeah. like, it was open. I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Do you know what I mean? And I always kind of sort of, there was loads of art galleries and, you know, <clears throat> there was more art galleries and there's empty spaces and, you know, um, it was just it just made it easier to, to be on the black. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, you go there, I mean, there was a guy, a guy started up still in Ackroyd, James Goff. Do you remember James Goff now? So James still in Ackroyd is like a sort of state agent. Okay. He started off in this tiny little room, tiny little office on Carton Road. <coughs> and um, he had this, uh, as you walk in, he had this woman used to sit there with a typewriter, 
it's James, it's James in, it's James in. Yeah, he's at the back. What do you want anyway? So I just want. I says, I've got, um, I've got, a fa- I've got a film shoot on Friday. I was wondering if you had any spaces. <laughs> and uh, James would go, yeah, we've got this place, and he says, oh, I, I, you know, how much is it going to be like for for a, for a day day rate or something? You know, uh, just give me a couple of hundred quid. So give me a hundred quid, two hundred quid. And um, so you give me the keys. And then um, one time, I was dropping the keys and dropping the keys back on a Monday. And I, I, I dropped the keys and I said, James, I'll be back. I think I've got another job in a couple of weeks' time. Any chance of you can, any, anywhere? I said, yeah, any time. So anyway, so as I was going out, and uh, the woman stopped typewriting, and I, I hear Ernesto. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> what? He goes, what were you doing at the warehouse uh, the, uh, the other night? And I said, well, it's a fashion shoot, you know, some French guy, you know, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He goes, funny that, and this is, but I've just sold it. I've just sold the warehouse because they tell me that they were at a party there at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what? Oh, I was in the party. He goes, Ernesto, come on. And he, and he, and he, and he gives me, he gives me the money. Like, he gives me, like, there's your cut because if it wasn't for me, he, I wouldn't have sold, he wouldn't have sold the warehouse. Right, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Like percentage or something. I was like, really? Yeah, because oh, they just, and then the week after I go back and see, and he, and he goes, he just throws it, throws the keys over and he goes, make sure you don't burn it. <laughs> That's it. That was the rule. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And what I would do then, I would um, I would get other promoters. So I didn't have to do the party. I would get other promoters. Yeah, yeah. So then I would get, you know, they, they would give me the car, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people don't realise that throwing a party is not just a case of, uh, you know, hiring a venue out. You know, the, the work of promotion, particularly in London, is it, quite fierce and there's a lot of competition. Well, I mean... <clears throat> that's that's one of the things I'm doing at the moment. I'm trying to uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, put um, a whole concept, an idea of because I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to I'm trying to explain the moment. Yeah, that moment. You know, there there's so many factors that make that moment happen. Yeah, and there's so many things that could go wrong to yeah, make yeah. sure that moment never happens. Yeah, I mean, and 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 there's more times when it goes wrong than it goes, than it's than it actually happens. Yeah, I mean, but sometimes th- th- those wrong moments can it create that little thing that you think, oh, that that bit worked, and you sort of, you know, you, you then, you know, and then you get other promoters that 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 kind of list. They're looking at you. Yeah, yeah. What didn't work, or what what worked, and what didn't work. Do you know what I mean? And um. Sometimes it would go on to make make it better, which is which is always a good thing. Yeah, um, but <clears throat> the process of it, the actual process of it, I think it's it's a really interesting process because it's not just it's it's not just the music or the DJ, which I think is it's a really important part of it. But there's so many other factors that go with that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, things like 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 shortage. Do you know what I mean that that? That is that that whole space shortage. Do you know what I mean? As an empty space, it allowed for not uh, 
for that creativity to happen and not, yeah. not that much dissimilar to having the you know the in in industry in edinburgh the the herson spaces do you know yeah. what i mean yeah, so yeah. where you have like the you know the the cre- creative people you know just being allowed to be because they don't have to worry about at that point how much yeah. it was do you know yeah. what I mean? or, or i mean i'll give you an example it's like there was a photographer that came to me he goes oh i'm gonna get chucked out of my house in two weeks time um and he had this massive space so how much you paying for this place? And he goes, something like seventy quid or something. But he sort of, you know, spent all the all the rent money, so he didn't have any money. Like three months' money, so some, you know, he owes something like seven hundred quid or something really weird like that. And I said to him, like, what, what, what do you want to do? He goes, well, would you, can we just do a party? And he goes, yeah, all right then. So we did. Do you know what I mean? But and and he was able to pay his debt and pay yeah, three yeah. months ahead. Do you know what I mean? And uh, you know, but at that point as well, you, what you had is uh, you had these different groups. So you had the 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 art world on one side, all being very art worldly, you know, and then you had on the other side the recording studios, you know. So you had like John Coxon and all that sort of stuff, and spiritualizing in 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 the recording studios. Yeah. So you had like what's his name that he lived on um he lived on from. <clears throat> so you had yeah, so you had the musicians, you had the you had you had the, the filmmakers, you had the photographers, the, but they were all in their own little bubbles. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and then something like me came along and said, Right, I need all you to come to a party. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so it, it added up all these all these different numbers of people. So yeah, the fashion people, do you know what I mean? No, the foot, you know, um, so it, it, all these different numbers. So you, you know, each each little bubble was maybe a hundred people so all, all i needed was like 10 of these people to come to a party from each of the bubbles yeah so, and that was it you had a really good party that went on for four days or so <laughs> <laughs> when you could do it i can't do it now no no i mean you know but you could you could do a party for four days and nobody would stop you because nobody lived there but what see uh, when, when did art throb come about then so my from from my from my friends and uh from my, my from my friends i made in scotland at, at that early period we all came down to london yeah. at the same time so and there was a guy called jimmy who um who'd done this course on on, on writing a writing course uh and we all took the piss of him because he was he wanted to be a writer. And um but then he goes, he goes, I've just I've just got this amazing book. He said, I said, Well, what is it? What is it? So he's given it to me and it was train spotting. Yeah. And there was an it was, it was it just come out on uh Edinburgh at that point. Rebel Link, I think it was called. Yeah, Rebel Link. Yeah, and um I was just like, I read the book. And to me, it was like, you know, when, to me, when I read this, when I first read this book, it was like, like I knew it was like, it was that, it was that sort of like on the road book, you know, yeah. it was that, do you know what I mean? It, it's a, a great Gatsby, you know, it was that. And so I, I managed to get Irvin's number and I just phoned him up and I said, listen, I don't know what we're going to do with you, but fuck's sake, we have to fucking get this out to people. He's gone, you've just written like, 
the, the best book ever. Is that it's part of our generation? And you're talking, yeah. yeah literally, it just, it just, you know, it, this book was being passed around, but but all all our mates. Yeah. Me. So we were like, you've got to read, you've got to read this book, you've got to read this book. And it was a mean the Scottish, you know, that are living in London. Yeah. <clears throat> so I phoned them up and I said, listen, so I'm, I, I'm thinking of doing, I'm, I think we should do something with that. So we did them. Um, I, did, I had this venue at the time in, in Charnacles Road, 148 Charnacles Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, it was a connection with the, with the art, art galleries in, 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 in short. It's just this guy had um, had uh, got this new building, a new art gallery, it was called the Poster, Poster Studio. And he's gone, oh, fuck up, I don't have any money to pay the rent. And of course, I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so we... um. So I did um I did the first book reading with Irving there. Okay. Um, where it kind of it was it, I wanted to see if it, the idea would work in London. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it, and it was going back to that Pena thing or the or the or, or you know the the Kellys kind of thing. It was kind of taking it back to that where you know instead of instead of uh, being the, the the fiddle, being the, after the, after the poetry reading, you know, or the pan pipes in Chile, whatever, you know, it was the decks. So we yeah. just changed that to the decks. Really, it was the decks that we, it was going to be the, you know, it was it was, you know, and and I've always I've always um, I mean, to me, I've, a lot of people sort of look at look at you know music sort of side of things, but I can I've always looked at the kind of more creative sort of nineteen fifties. You know, beat generation thing, but you know there was a guy playing a guitar kind of thing. You know, and you know a, a, a poet, a beat poet would come, go up. But you know, it, 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 to me that was my that was my um, that was my line. That was my lineage, really. You know, that that yeah. was that's what I looked at. You know, that's why in club culture. Yeah, and, and I always wanted to sort of, I always wanted to sort of um, show that club culture has that history. Do you know what I mean it's like? These two, these two things have, have, have always been intertwined. You know, go back to Liverpool 1959, you know, with the, with the Liverpool beat poets, you know, meeting the Beatles, you know, that kind of thing. That's always been there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Nathan McGough, Nathan so was it, that, that whole connection, music and poetry, it's, 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 it's always been part of it. Do you know what I mean? And you saw yeah. that, you saw that with Linton Quincy Johnson when, when I think I think they were, I think they were this I can't remember is it the slits they were playing and and he was like he was backing them do you know what I mean that was him like you know and I like I, and I'm seeing Linda Quincy Johnson again by that point I was yeah. like fuck amazing do you know what I mean so to me it's it's not it's not something alien do you know what I mean so yeah. I knew that it, it, that formula has always worked and um um with Irving. We did the the first reading, and um, I got a, I got a couple of friends to do like a dance performance thing as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, which was quite weird because it was it was like it was a dance by deaf people. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's got what? I go, oh, it doesn't matter. Just let's fucking do it. This is would you want a fucking a deaf person doing a dance performance? Look. It doesn't matter. It's all part of the build-up, you know. And, it's like, and then you get the I think Richard Feeler's played um, 
that night was doing the music. Yeah. <coughs> and um and Irving and there was like fifty people there. But it was the right fifty people. It was it was um Paul Weller turned up. Uh all the all the guys from um yeah, Bobby Gillespie and all that crowd. But you know, it's like it was the right fifty people. Yeah. And I knew that I knew that if I can if I took this further, if I take a you know, we could this could go this could go on, we could take it make it bigger, bigger. And like I said, Irvin Irvin hadn't really kicked kicked off at that point anyway. Yeah, yeah. There was very very few people knew knew of him. But when Maribel Stock came out, I, th that whole thing had kind of grown more now, you know. So I was yeah, yeah. right to do it. So we did a we did a reading of that at the at the Blue Note when it when it when it started there. Okay. And um and that's uh, and that really took me back because I hadn't realised how big I'd got. You know, there was fucking queues around the corner for it. You know, like yeah. and and uh, it shocked a lot of people because like you know. A lot of people that didn't have that knowledge of that of that culture of these two things when they're working together, it shocked them that it could work. I mean, they were like, because you know, when I went to when I went to Sava, the Blue Note, you know, he was he was accommodating. At, it was like he was really good, but he still had doubt over it. You could see that he thought, "What do you mean you're going to do a reading?" And then, like, but it, it, the good thing he he said, yeah, "Let's go for it." Do you know what I mean? Like, so. And that was that was good, you know. It, that kind of energy from people like like Sav at that point, yeah, um, who were like, you know, accommodating even even though they were a bit skeptical, scared, nobody's going to turn up. And then, fuck, we were like, we were shocked at the amount of people, you know, yeah. like, trying to get in. <clears throat> um, and that kind of really kind of from there on, it's like um, Warner Brothers was picking up labels at the time. Yeah, um, and they came to they came to us, and you know, and I, and I said to them, you know that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do like a normal rock and roll thing, you know. There's gonna be there's gonna be like the mute the mute dancers over there, you know, like <laughs> this that's all gonna be there. Like this this it's gonna be a night just full of films or something. It's not doesn't necessarily have to be music. Yeah, driving it. It could be it, it, the music. It's 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 the focus of it, but it's not what's driving it. So I mean, and and they, and luckily they got the. So we signed a deal <coughs> with Warner Brothers. So did you have any music at that point? It wasn't it, music. Did I have any music? Well, did, did the label have any music? No, no, not really. I mean, it was, <laughs> so you you sold the concept then to uh, to Warner's. Yeah, yeah. On the basis that there was no music. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the music, of course, the music, because because I mean, it stands to reason it's it's a label. Yeah, it, it Warner Brothers. So yeah. I mean that, but getting music is not it, it. It was the easy bit part of it, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we did that. We we did a full. I did a full classical music album. Uh, with this, um, with uh, an American composer, uh, Michael Gordon. Is that the what um, once I think I I was listening to some records last week and I played it, and then the, this is a twelve inch, 
and all it was was your sirens going off. That's right. And I was like, hold on, where's the music coming in? I was like four <laughs> minutes in, I was still listening to this siren That's keep right. going off and off. That's you Michael know? Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that this is the thing is that, I mean, it's, I mean, it, we we recorded that in, in, in Munich or one of those places. Um, really amazing. Um, so we did the whole band, the whole, the whole, Recording about it was it was in this in this amazing theater, Bonn, <coughs> in Bonn, and um, they were on these um, there was four musicians to each floor, so it was so it was sixteen in the end, and they were like in a scaffolding, and the musicians usually have, they have to look at each other or listen to each other. Yeah, yeah. So this is what you're talking, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety eight, right? Yeah. Um doing a classical music concept with no beats <laughs> and we got some guy i can't remember who was who was um some really big producer to come over because we wanted this is things that i took i took michael gordon to um to the bruno yeah took him to uh metalheads and 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 i went there and i, I said look this is kind this is the level of music this is the level of sound that we, we need to look for in the in uh, we need to take this to classical music because yeah. uh, classical music it, it sounds really flat most of the time. They're, they're kind of sort of like well, where's where's the without the without having to fall to the idea of beats kind of thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. There, there's other things that can can bring it up kind of thing. So it could be like a, a cello or a, a bass that just brings it right up. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I said to him, you need to keep it to the to the classical music essence, um, but this is it, the level of sound. So, and he went there, and uh, he stood in the middle of the dance floor, with his ears like this, and Goldie and all that were coming up. Going, what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> What's he doing? Because everybody was going like that, mental. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, there's this Michael Gordon composer, you know. He works with he works with Steve Rice and so on, you know, very New York. And there he is, like just taking the whole thing in, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I remember going down to because because Trenton was downstairs from us in this in Warner's, and when I had I had the vinyl the record, and I went down there and I said, look, this is this is this is the future. This is classical music, and he just looked at me like whatever, like classical music, and he's and he he's listening to that that. That whole four minutes of siren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? He's gone. What the fuck is this? <laughs> but then what? What, what happened was that they, I, I gave him the siren sort of thing. That whole siren, just that one side of sirens, and you know, I give it to a DJ in, in the Bruno, and they yeah. would get it in seconds because they would then come in with all the yeah, other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. they would just yeah, yeah. all of a sudden it, it made sense. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it. It was, and then it was always that whole. It, it was always that crossing over of this and that. Do you know what I mean? It was never. It was never going to be a label that. You know, we had that. We had that. Finidolo, I think, was, was about to be, when we lost the label. It was about to lose. It was about to be released that week. Yeah, and we managed to get into into number forty five or something like that. Now you know, in the charts at that point. Which is quite high at the time. You yeah, know, yeah. You still had to sell a lot of records at that point to get it into the charts. So 
but it was it that was poetry. Yeah, yeah. That was an actual poet. That was an actual poet based album. So, but why, why did, why did Warner's then pull their their money? Was it was that when when the the dance music industry kind of like took a dip? <laughs> there was a bit of that. Warner? We had a, we had a sister label, right? Which kind of had uh, what's his name that is uh, Jared something that kind of weird classical um, but he had some really weird like. The two brothers. Uh, it was it was a it was a sister label, but it was um it was they were doing other things, and he was spending a lot of money in that, yeah, a lot of money in that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and it, it, it then he had to go to the, the higher up higher up above the Warners, and they were like, "How come you spend?" So we were seen as part of the whole thing, rather than as individual. Yeah. But to be honest, I, I was I was I was actually quite quite glad it finished at that point. Yeah, because it wasn't really, you know, um, it was too early. That whole silence thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, when when I'd done the Steve Wright's remix album, and um, they, there's a whole kind of hierarchy in Warner Brothers. I mean, a, I mean a deep yeah, yeah. hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. And and then there's a there's a whole bubble that just looks after non such. Yeah. Non such records, and it's got uh, Steve Wright, and he he's got like these lawyers protecting him, you know, like. So I, what would what should have taken you know at that point? What should have taken you know, six months to do? It took a year. So by yeah. the time we got to the the year, things move move so fast at that point that a certain yeah. sound that was really hot six months before didn't sound. It sounded like shit by that point. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. We had that. We, you know, we were, we wanted things to happen. But even 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 when I when I went to Warner's and said I want to do a remix of Steve Reich, and everybody went, oh, "You can't do that." And I goes, "Why not?" Because it's Steve Reich, and you'd be like, "Yeah, but you know, there's a whole generation of like people that really, I I don't see any difference between what Steve Reich did in the 1970s in music." And what's going on now in electronic music? Yeah, yeah. But like, what do you mean? They just didn't, you know. They just didn't. We got it. They didn't. So it took a, it took, it took a, it took a bit of time to sort of, um, even to the point where, where we had to go and find the original pieces. It was like eventually it says, oh, you need to go and talk to this guy over there in that room. So you went up this room, Warner Brothers. You know, you went up. And he went up these stairs and went like this, and he creaked and opened it, and he opened up his door, and there was this, inside this room. There was a guy sitting there, been making joints for about thirty years, you know what I mean? And he, and you said to him, like, "Where's the Steve Wright's thing? Like, the library? Where's the Steve Wright? Oh, it's over there." Can you? You start rummaging through this stuff, do you know what I mean? And you eventually we get there, and it's a box with yeah. two cassettes and and a sheet that had. The, the how to do the music. That was it. <laughs> it's just like fuck. I was kind of thinking like there's going to be some master master tapes somewhere. Not there's the tapes like cassettes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean the original recording? Come on, come on to you know the one about the the guy the, the guy preaching in the street. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like it was beautiful to hear the original piece. Do you know what I mean that like he'd done in the street? 
you know what I mean? But um, but it took a bit of time then to sort of um, to to get that. You know, it, it, you had to handpick some of the remixers and say like, you know, we want you. Um, and and then at that point as well, yeah, but uh, there was people doing remixes, you know, for thirty, forty grand or something, fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was really. And I said, "Fuck that!" I said, "There's no way we're paying thirty, forty grand to anybody." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Says, this is what we're going to pay you. Take it or leave it. But it is Steve Reich. Do you want it? And if you don't. Some manager was going to come up and go, well, I mean, but you know, he's getting 50,000 pounds now from blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it worked because it, it got the it got the best out of people from that. It was like, no, this is, we, we, we can't afford 30 grand. Yeah. For your remix. <clears throat> I can't remember. I was thinking it was, um, yeah, there was, a, there was a few people that kind of thought, but by the end, they were like, no, it's, uh, come on, it's, this is a Steve Reich track come on it's nobody's doing this so it, it took a bit of time and eventually we, we managed to manage to release it release it comes out and um it, it did really well and still doing really well they've managed that they've changed that around they've, they've added yeah. other things and but the original one you know it's 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 it is what it is as an art piece yeah I mean? and um um, non such is kind of, since that has kind of carried on try try and do more versions of it, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? And then they wanted me to go over to work with um, what's his name from Talking Heads, David Byrne. Yeah, he had a, he had a label at that time at Warner Brothers, and he wanted me to go over there to to work with him and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nah. So I was quite glad when it finished. You could have had the Scottish connection with him. Are these? I mean, do you know the story? There's another story when um, when uh, what was that film he did? Don't stop now or something. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. Don't make stop making, stop making sense. sense. So stop yeah. making sense gets premiered yeah. at Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. And everybody's gone like um, because because nobody knew at that point that he was Scottish. And um. So he turns up with a bus full of his family from Paisley or something like that, right? And they were all proper schemies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Edinburgh, Edinburgh Hoity Toities, you know what I mean? Edinburgh Film Festival, like, oh my God, you know. The, the, and if the bus, they fell out of the bus because they were all drunk, do you know what I mean? And they were fighting and they were shouting each other, yeah, fucking, like, can you just get a bottle of whiskey? And like, no, like, and, and, and all the Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Festival people were shitting them. It was the funniest thing <laughs> ever to watch, to watch David Burns' family. And he's got a really deep Scottish accent. Yeah. Did you, did you uh, go to the Edinburgh Rock Festival in 1979 in Ingolston? I remember something like that. Yeah, but I remember talk, talking over heads. Talking That's heads right, yeah. played then, so uh, we we went to that. I was eleven or twelve, or twelve I probably was twelve, and uh, Talking Heads played Van Morrison, Steel Pulse, The Undertones, The Vowels played from Edinburgh, uh, and that was a great experience. You know, I don't think I appreciated them at that point. You know, because I was still into. But you that. didn't, did you? You didn't. You no. didn't. That's right. You didn't. And it, this is the thing: is a lot, a lot, a lot of the bands you watched were so, you know, it, 
this this is something that kind of sort of um uh, I try and explain to people that you you, you can't put money into co in, into culture like this. I mean, it's like when you have like the kind of sort of um, the marketeers, you know, like trying when to, when you know when you're getting sponsored by you know so and so, you know, you've done a night and all of a sudden they 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 want to buy into it, so they'll sponsor the night, blah blah yeah. blah. You know, they 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 they're able to quantify it a bit. But even then, there's not, there's, they, they can never quantify, you know. So some of the bands you've seen playing, you know, there was only, or some of the clubs that I've been to, right? Some of the clubs that I've been to, where there's only like th at the beginning of the club, that first first night, there's only like maybe five people or something, you yeah. know. And, and and the promoters are kind of like, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I should I, should I carry on? Because you're losing money. Everybody's losing money. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you can't quantify it. Do you know what I mean? At that point, you cannot. Yeah. You can't. You. Know, but the, the the cultural impact of a of a night like that, when there's five people at the beginning of that, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. thirty years later, you can see it. It's like, yeah. wow, that's what happened. You know, yeah. and, the, and you can see the whole trajectory of that culture moving like that. You know, this is this yeah. is what I'm trying to say to you. There are I'm I'm trying to sort of put together a whole, uh, not a book, but like is 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 <coughs> to try and try and explain what it is about that moment that works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So many things that can can happen, you know. I mean, even then, when I was at Red Gallery, like you know, we uh, the we were uh, by the end of it, you know, there's there was a lot of like um, there was. The police were really scared of like some some um, big bomb or something going off or something. So you know they would they would come out and tell you these things. You know you got to do this. You got to try and do this. You know searching bags and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, you know, to, to, you know you you you're you're putting money into an event. You know, and there's so many things that can go wrong, including now you know yeah. a bomb going off around the corner yeah. or something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, you you spent you you know it, when we had the red market. You know, it, it used to it used to cost twenty grand to put up to open it, just to open it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And there was one summer, one summer that it like right on when we were supposed to be opening the, the doors, it would start pouring rain. Yeah, and we, we and we just knew that we just lost twenty grand at that yeah. point. Yeah, and yeah. I went on for like four weeks or three weeks or something. I won that that one year. It was yeah. the worst summer in since seventeen twenty or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. we ended up on two hundred grand or something. You know what I mean? Like fuck. Just so you, once uh, we're going back a bit. So art club finished, and then you took a breather for a few years, and you get you got involved with Red Gallery. What year was that? <coughs> um. I carried on with we, we did we carried on with Artsov for a while, yeah. But more as a, a as a as a kind of a label doing house house and sort of um, we did we did um we kind of picked up one one of the tracks with you know with um, Dean, huh? Dean. No, it was after that, so it would have been um, you know like a, that kind of co-op. Remember co-op? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we picked up a couple of tracks from that, you know, and then there was um Alex Arnott. Alex Arnott. Yeah, yeah, no, Alex. He, he was working. He was working with us at that point, and we did some parties in Ibiza. We did a party in DC Ten. We did, you know, we did. I did loads of things like that at that point. Carried on for a while, you know, just doing that kind of thing. 
I did them. I did that thing called London uh, Tokyo Clash, which is a kind of cross-cultural thing between Tokyo music labels and London-based music labels. Yeah, yeah. And we did a party in London and Basement Jacks, and we did a party in Tokyo at the same time. Yeah. And then we brought then we brought the DJs back four weeks later for, that played in Tokyo back to London and so on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we did we did a few things like that, and then um, I kind of started reading. More, I kind of started. I kind of started looking at more kind of the again start looking back at the whole arts, art side of things, and you know what the connections was between the, between the two between music and art, and and I did I did um, <coughs> then I did uh, start looking at um, the whole acid house thing. But I didn't want to look at it from the kind of from the from the from the DJ point of view. I, mean, I haven't got anything against DJs or anything. But what what I do know is that a lot of DJs like to talk about themselves a lot, which is yeah. fine. Do you know what I mean? But I I, I kind of start looking at more of the kind of graphic art side of things. Yeah, yeah. So I started, you know, I thought I I saw that as an important aspect of the culture that hadn't really been. Talked about at that point, so you're talking 2006 or something like that, or like or something like that. Um, so I started really getting back in touch with, you know, the Dave Littles, you know, George Georges, and all that. What are you what are you guys doing? You know, what what's happened to your graphics? Oh, I don't do that anymore. There was always that, you know, um, and I knew that one day I was I was going to do an exhibition about their stuff. So really, that was the beginning of it. Of the Red Gallery, do you know what I mean? It was like um, where I started. I started to look at the instead of doing a party, I started looking at doing a, an exhibition. Yeah, yeah. So empty spaces exhibitions. So then I started looking at that how 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 that could develop, and then one day, so I did I did a few exhibitions of that. Did an exhibition in them. Um, in Selfridges after after that, and that 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 went really well. I mean, uh, you know, all of a sudden it was like you know, it was just nice to see a lot of these graphic designers who have been forgotten about. Yeah, yeah. At that point, uh, to to see them, you know, proud of their work. That's that was a kind of really good thing. And then <clears throat> I did this um, I did this uh, pop up on a Christmas, and it's a really horrible. Space in, in in Brick Lane, and um, it was like I've been there for four days, hadn't sold anything, and then the guy from the the guy the guy that was running the bar upstairs, he was from Edinburgh, and he goes, "Oh, my mate's coming down a couple of days time. Like, do you, do you, he might be really interested in buying stuff because he's got a new house and stuff." So he's all right, of course, you know. So um. So he came in and went, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. Can you can you deliver it to my office? There's a card. And um turns out that he's working for the Ruben Brothers. Yeah. And he said, um, he says, what, what are you guys doing with yourself? I goes, well, I'm just, you know, I kind of want to develop the idea of the art galleries a bit more kind of thing. He goes, you know, we've got this building up on up on um, Cotton Road um, in um, Old Street. Yeah. That's going to be sold. It's, it's been sold, and it's in, the papers are going through. 
with the developers, blah, 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 you know. And and if you, if you want, you can have it for for three months. And I was like, of course I'm going to fucking have it. <laughs> uh, I get the keys. I had to go and do this paperwork, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. I get the keys. I found that Rob from Star Group. Remember Star Rob? Rob Marley? No, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. I goes, listen, I think I've got a spot. He goes, yeah, okay, come on. And then um, we open up this place and you see all these fucking rats going everywhere, you know what I mean? Like, scudding away. And we're opening doors. I mean, like, this, the, the, and then we open a door and it's going to a basement and managed to get the lights. And, it, and Rob went, oh, my God. Brilliant. Let's do it. Party next week. You know, that kind of sit back to that. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Um and so we so we um we, we carried on doing Paris for about three months in there. And um and then the landlord said to us, Oh, I don't think they, they, this this sale's gonna go through. There's loads of problems, the council don't want to do this and and he goes, Well you can have it for another six months if you want. And by that time we'd already spent the rent money and <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, fuck, so I found that by another friend of mine. He says, Do you want to come in with us? Uh Czech guy from the Czech Republic, Yarda. And uh, listen, you know, this because I needed somebody, I needed somebody that was a bit more focused on making it making making sure that it it yeah. didn't fall apart. And my deal with him was this listen, listen, whatever this is this is the deal. This is this is you look after the money. I'll make sure I'll just get all the other bits. I said, don't let me touch money. Don't, I mean, I've just, I'm really bad with money. You give me the money in one hand, by the time it gets to this side, in front of you, it's gone. <laughs> Disappears. So don't ever give me money. That's the deal. And, yeah. um, and that was it, really. Cause, um, and then gradually, we, st- we started taking more floors. And then they, they, they said, you can, you can take the floors upstairs for the offices. And we were like, well, how long is it going to be? Because, well, maybe six months. So that's another six months. And um, and then SoundCloud said, we, we, we need a space, in, but we only need it for three months. So we, there's a space. And then we were there. They were there for like four years in the end. They developed, they, they started yeah. taking more spaces. They yeah, yeah. developed their ideas and stuff like that. And then um, it was also kind of sort of internet companies at a point because they were going to, they, they showed us was going to be turned into this internet hub, whatever that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, but then it, it kind of like as we as 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 we were taking more more spaces, I kind of realised that I, I could go back to that old like that old idea is that a, a space doesn't have to be a club or a music space. It could be a theatre. Could be multifunctional dance space, do you know what I mean? And um so so I start looking at more for more people like that. <clears throat> so, you know, I would go to like classical music guys and, you know, I said, Do you need a space? Yeah. And and and, and how much is it going to cost? And I, I kinda went back to that kind of to what the James Goff from Sterling Accord, you know, here's the keys, don't burn it down kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. And it, they were really shocked at that you could they, you had that attitude with them, you know, like um and and you could see the development of that kind of thing, you know, like they, 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 then we started bringing food to it, you know, that again, that goes back to that Kaylee thing, you know, like yeah. having food, music and poetry, you know, these are kind of, these are kind of, these are three elements that, um, you know, and then I started working with some theatre guys 
Yeah, I mean, it's, and then uh, oh, was that boiler room? Boiler room turned up as well. They, yeah, yeah. They they had a a tiny little room at the beginning of that. So we had some good sort of people that they were able to, you know, develop their ideas. Yeah. For nothing in the middle of shortage. And yeah. the, the, the fun, the, the weird thing that happened at that point as well was that the the new train station had been built. So shortage. Shortage High Street. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that came up. And so what happened was that the whole emphasis of the shortage experience had moved to that side. Yeah. So we could have been in Wolverhampton, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, that bit of shortage was empty. Yeah. Everything had gone. Shortage house was over there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The epicenter of the whole thing. Yeah. And um, Twitter didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. Facebook had just started a year yeah. before that. So that whole social media thing, yeah, you know, we, you know, so we were experimenting with that as well, getting people, you know, they, all of a sudden there was these experts, do you know what I mean, um, at social media, yeah. <laughs> asking us for ten grand for for ten thousand pounds to run our social media thing, you know, like <laughs> really, it was. But yeah, yeah, it allowed for a lot of that, you know, because we because it was it was costing us nothing apart from the rates, right? Which was that was that really that that was that that was high for the whole building. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and then when we took over the car park, car park, the um, the car park had been an illegal car park for twenty years. Okay. Uh, run by. You know, yeah, yeah. This guy, but he was working for the landlords. So, <laughs> um, so the the council said to them, "Look, we will give you the go ahead for your building if you stop doing the illegal car park because the car park. It, the the council have tried to close that car park for years, right? And this is a process of like you know, um." A letter would get sent to the landlords and so on. We, we're going to take you to court, and then the, 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 land, the landlords would just put in the bin. And then they got another letter, so that's another three months, blah, blah, blah. This one, this would go on for six, seven months, a year sometimes. And then they say, right, we're taking you to court in two months' time. But my landlords would send this million pound a day lawyer to the, to the court. And the council will go, okay then. <laughs> and the process will start again. This yeah, was yeah. 10 years to, for them to try and close that. So when they had the chance to, to say to my landlords, we want that car park closed, we will give you the go-ahead for the, for the hotel. The landlord said to me, Nesto, you've got the car parks. Have I got a choice? No, you haven't got a choice. You've got the car park. But you can't do a car park. <laughs> I was like, okay, get the decks over there, get the bar over there. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Do you know what I mean? And we start. And we, that's the whole street uh, street food thing had just uh, appeared at, at the same time. Yeah. So we, we we started gathering these people together, like for the for the street food and so on. Um, there was one guy I remember turned up. He turned up with his big massive silver thing 
silver caravan. Do you know what I mean? But it, and then it took us hours to get it in. You know, I made a big point. You know, we were like, "Come be opening in fucking twenty minutes. Come on!" And that wasn't the, the worst part. The worst part about it, he, he was a Scottish guy, really upper class Scottish guy that was making uh, venison burgers. I know. Yeah. And, um, this fucking thing opens up. It's like it was like a sort of Star Wars thing. And this music starts blaring out. That wasn't the worst bit. The worst, the worst bit was that these four girls appear from behind with miniskirts, minis with flags going. Da -da 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 -da. I was just like, oh, get the fucker out of here, get them out. <laughs> Venison, it's just too much fucking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody said, that it's a really good idea, and it was like, so you know, they got taken to such to such an extent in that kind of world. Do you know what I mean? And they were, you know, they were. They were um. They they were becoming the needies, these food people. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we had to. So we built these little huts for them. So we put like electricity. We put water. We put all the essentials. You know. Yeah. For them. But they had to be in that, and they could they could advertise it. You know, they didn't have to turn up in big silver pagodas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it, was, it, it was. It was. It was good. To, to do the Red Gallery. I mean, watch, watching watching kids, being able to being able to say to kids, you know, some guy, would, some kid would turn up and go, I want to do a fashion show, but it's not just a fashion show. It's going to be a poet guy over there and there's going to be a theatre over there, you know, and, and, for, and we're going to show a film, you know, to be able to say, there you go, there's the keys, do it. Do you know what I mean? And to, to be able to see that happening, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, because, you know, but... 20 years ago, like the, the art sort of concept, do you know what I mean? Where, you know, people couldn't get their heads around the fact that they were going to see a, a, a writer on stage with, with um, you know, DJs beside that. You know, it took them years to work out, whereas now there's a whole new generation of kids who are doing that kind of thing. You know, it's only going to be a four hour event, bang. Do you know what I mean? And it's brilliant because yeah. it's like, they're, 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 they're just gathering that whole, in, you know, they're, they're, it's not this and it's not that, it's everything in, in four hours. Yeah. It's brilliant to see it. So the, so the Red Gallery eventually got sold? No, it was, uh, it, 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 we, we were, we were, um, we were on a, a short tenancy for, for nearly 10 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, to be honest, I, again, I was quite glad. I mean, at one point, I, I looked at my children. You know, at that point, they were nine, seven, nine-year-old, seven-year-old, and um, I couldn't see myself being alive. You know, because twenty-four-seven, constantly, you know, trying to run that whole thing. You know, music, food, blah, bars, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's like come up, come up with concepts. No, it, it was gonna. It, I was gonna. It was gonna. Like, it, would it would take me fourteen hours to get out the door sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like it'd be like some guy that uh, you haven't seen for twenty years from Australia come over. You know, I'm in London, Ernesto, and you're like, you can't say that person. I'm gonna go and pick up my children from school. Yeah. Which you do, pick up the children, put them, you feed them, and then you come back to your friend, and that four hours later you're still there. Do you know what I mean? And so it, it, something was going to give. So when it when it when it stopped, 
<coughs> I was really glad. I was really glad that you know it, it done its it, it had done its the process it had done it. So I couldn't take it any further. So going right up to today, what what are you involved in other than? I mean. I've been working with low recordings. I don't know if you, yeah. you know, do you know low recordings? Yeah, yeah, no, we've done, so, we did things in the shop, didn't we? Yeah, so it was, it was quite nice to sort because of, I phoned up Gavin and I said, look, I, I need the space to sort of work from, to, to, get, to, to, get, to get back into it. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't do it from home. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, just come over, come over. And, you know, gradually you're in there. You know, it was just really nice to be in an environment. After being in Red Gallery, which is like bang, bang, all the time. You know what I mean? I yeah, needed yeah. something to bring me back down. Yeah, like around you. Just sort of like, okay, you know, because cause the hate, that, 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 that come down, it's always the worst part. Do you know what I mean? In any situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, that... I needed something that something that was going to sort of just you know uh, allow me to just to sort of do nothing as it were you know just sort of get back into the kind of, sort of thinking mode again. Yeah. Um, and gradually I'm kind of sort of listening to a lot of stuff that they're doing. And I'm going, this is really good stuff. Like some some of it is like, wow, this is really. And 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 they're going like, well, can you do something with that? Because of course I can. You know, like let's let's try this, let's try that. Do you know what I mean? Or let's go for this, or what do you think about this? And you know, um, <coughs> we've been doing events at uh, St. Barnabas. Yeah, yeah. And gradually, I'm kind of sort of, you know, it's it's kind of sort of, it's kind of sort of putting that kind of music within a context that it's it's not seen as a sort of like intellectual music. You know, I kind of want it to sort of be a bit more open to, but it's kind of like you know, it, it's. You know, I call I call it uh, neoclassical, which has got a better name than you know ambient, because ambient just gives you a, a, a sort of sound from the nineties yeah. or something. You know what I mean? The eighties. Yeah. So neoclassical gives it a different sort of stand. You know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, really? Yeah. A bit like that classical music I did with art sort kind of thing, which is like just you know sirens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good reaction from you. I've never heard that reaction. Well, no, like, so, well, I, I was I was listing records on on Discogs, and I just thought, oh, I'll play this. So I, I started playing it, and I'm just kept working away, working away. And I was like, like I said, after three and a half minutes, it was just like, hold on, where's the beats? <laughs> where's it going? But you you you, you get transfixed with the music because you, it, it's it's quite soothing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know? This is the thing is that is it it. it, it that type of music, it's, it allows you to have it, to have that a different uh, headspace. All of a sudden, you're in a completely different headspace. It's like yeah. you know, you're not transport. I mean, one of the things about um, the music that we know is that we know it so well that we're, we're dissecting it all the time. We're continuously yeah. dissecting it. Like, oh, that's from that, or that's from that, or that's from that, 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 or that's been taken. And you know, you continuously. And it's like it. It's like all right, okay, we get it. Like, and I do it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's great. I mean, I've got this a fourteen-year-old kid. who like, you know, he won't he won't let me listen to his playlist. I'm gonna have to find it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and they're beginning to realize as well, like what I do, because you know, I was just this guy. My dad, it's just my dad. But now they're like, what? 
you what you work with him or you work oh really him like all of a sudden you know say what was that name the one that's just they they they're gonna win the awards said she was in that film but yeah she's I saw her in the street a couple of weeks ago and and a little mix little mix on little mix yeah and um I saw her in the street so we were talking and my kids were like my God, like, I'm like, what? What's the matter? I'm not, if I'm going to introduce it, you can't turn into that. Like, you've got to be a bit more like, yeah. hello, like, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so they're beginning to sort of see that this dad's quite cool. Yeah. Well, what, what you what you got to remember, because I worked out quite early on, we're all just human beings, you know, you kind of like, you, you can never, you can never put somebody on a pedestal because, you know, they're making music or they're, they're getting hits. They're just a human being. And, you know, if you're respectful for them and, uh, you know, if they're respectful back to you, then they're a good person. But if they want to put themselves on to a different level, then it, they're not the kind of person I'd want to be hanging about with. No, I mean, but, but this is the thing is that they, they, we work in that, we, we, we work in that, in that uh, we chose a long yeah. time ago to yeah. to work in this world so we don't we you know like i said we, we continuously dissect every type of music that uh, is anywhere we we're always yeah. going to, we're always kind of sort of saying things like oh that's from that you know and I'm, I'm and i'm always trying to keep away from that kind of mentality where people you know they, they don't like they don't meet them like they used to that kind of attitude i hate that attitude do you know what i mean yeah. um i find that I, I i hated that when i was a kid and I, and, I, and, I, and I find that I'm, I'm hating it even more now when I hear people saying things like that. It's yeah. like dismissing a whole generation. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. They're, all, you know, they're, they're, they're always going to go, and, we did it. We looked for our own space, head yeah. space, mental space, physical space. You know, we, we chose it. Why not, you know, to, to, to dismiss a whole young generation? I think that's yeah. something wrong there. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, so we chose to be in that world. We we like this. We understand it. Do you know what I mean? So we see other musicians or other people working as colleagues in the same way that you know you have colleagues. The hairdressers have got colleagues in the hairdressers, and we have colleagues in that work in music, and that's what it is. It's what it is, and that's it's on the, It's always been on a level yeah. as well, and that's that's quite nice. Yeah, as long as you know your music. Vanessa Leo, thank you very much for your time. Great chatting. Thank you. It's been it's been quite nice actually. Yeah. Reminiscing. <laughs> I haven't told you the, the, the best stories, the one day I'll tell you the best stories. Oh maybe we'll do a second part then. <laughs>